whether you realize it or not, you habitually keep yourself safe. You know, just when you're doing everyday things, you look right and left and right again. Whenever you cross the road, you, you don't eat the chicken that's been sitting out on the table since breakfast time. You put sunblock on when you're going out in the sun because you can die from being hit by a car. You can get seriously ill from salmonella. Skin cancer can kill you dead. You don't think twice about the things that you do habitually to keep yourself safe throughout the day, though, do you? But do you have the same habits around keeping yourself safe online, around not only what you look at, but what and who you choose to engage with? What ideas do you expose yourself to? It's a thing we haven't really had to think about for, you know, most of human history. But in the last 10 years or so, more and more, it's had to become a part of our lives. The evidence is quite clear. If you haven't really thought about it much, then this week's podcast is absolutely for you. Two giants in Australia of content creation join me in the center of the universe for non-broadcast media. We're coming to you this week live from the headquarters of Meta in Sydney with Flex Mummy, and that's what I reckon. Now, the show didn't happen by accident. There was a huge amount of help from a heap of people. At Meta, there was Amber Brown, Kirsty Wilson, and Michael Morkos. They asked me to come and do the show, and along with Rachel Barrett, that team made absolutely wonderful things happen out of nowhere. The tech crew were absolutely great. We shot it with about six cameras. I'll put the full episode up on Facebook in a couple of days. It looks fantastic. I'm really, really excited that we got a chance to do this. But before we get to that episode, quick, quick bit of house, housekeeping. The, the live show that I've been talking about for the last few weeks is coming to Sydney. It's a brand new satirical news show live on stage every Friday night. No two shows are the same. We're starting on the 27th of January at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville. For information on where to get tickets, uh, you can get on the mailing list or just use a link in the show notes. If the tickets aren't on sale right now, they'll be on sale imminently. But before we get to the podcast, here's some commercials. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
boundary setting in a small level. I used to externalize a lot of my boundaries. I was like, you know, when you ask me for something, say please and thank you. And that got me nearly canceled. But now I'm just like, oh, I'm not the only person to have a difficult time on the internet. I'm not the only person to have a good time on the internet, but I am the only person that's me and I can choose to like log off or to not be as active or to not have to feel like I need to explain myself constantly or put so much context around existing because Mm. a lot of that I don't have answers for. I often find that it doesn't help being an introspective person in an extroverted body because I (sighs) take so much of my energy to not express my thoughts but I feel like now that I find my thoughts to be more sacred, I'm like, you know, I can just think that one <laughs> and not publish it. <laughs> Talk about what's going on. Mm. Just so many people just don't, you don't vocalise it. Whatever that means, you know, whether it is just texting someone or something, but just, just have a chat about what's going on. Because if you don't, you just end up turning that into another 10 chats you've got to have, you know. I'm lucky to have a partner and some really good mates that I can talk to when shit's a bit weird or I'm feeling a bit off, which I am all the fucking time. So there's lots of chats, but that stuff helps. It really does. Have a gas bag. And even if it's the wrong shit or you haven't worked out what the fuck's going on, maybe you'll work it out if you have a chat about it. That is Flex Mummy, and that's what I reckon. Live at Meta HQ during Mental Health Month. This is Osher Ginsberg, Better Than Yesterday. Morning, everybody. Morning. Hi. Unreal. Uh, I just like before we get started, I just like to uh, acknowledge that we are all sitting here today on, on Gadigal land. This extraordinary part of Australia is the only part of our country where the sandstone meets the sea. It's beautiful, and it's on these abundant plains uh, that the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation lived for hundreds, the thousands and thousands and thousands of years, uh, raising their families, having children, passing their stories and their culture down through generations and generations. Um, their land extends from the uh, Hawkesbury in the north to the Georges in the south to the Nepean in the west, and we are very grateful to be here. Um, I think it's important, I'm personally, my opinion is that it's important that we recognise that sovereignty was never ceded uh, and we need a treaty now so that all of us can move forward to create a better future for our whole country. So I just wanted to start by saying that. So thank you all so much for being here. Welcome to the show. All right, unreal. So great. So this is, the pod- this is a podcast, but there's cameras. I don't know what we're going to call this yet. Um, this is a show called Better Than Yesterday. Says it on the box. Um, this podcast has been running since 2013, and it's just here to make your day today better than yesterday. Something that you'll hear today will do for you what I wanted to do for me when I first started the show. I wasn't doing very well, so I started having conversations uh, about what's going on in people's headspaces and how you might deal with life um, and get ideas from other people that weren't mine because my ideas weren't letting me uh, get very far. We go all the way back to 2013. There's hundreds and hundreds of episodes. I do this three times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays and Wednesdays and with a guest. Fridays, it's just me and you. Um, so I would uh, encourage you to, to, to let people know and, and enjoy some episodes. Uh, the Friday ones can get weird, uh, but they're fun. <laughs> They're really fun. Uh, so for people listening, we are at Meta headquarters. Meta is Facebook, WhatsApp, and, and Instagram. And we're in the thick of it. There's breakfast. There's a barista. It's pretty exciting. I'm very grateful to be here. And I'm very grateful that they asked me to come and do this. It is Mental Health Month. And as far as I'm concerned, mental health is exactly the same as physical health. 
it's just health, all right? Um, there's a mental health crisis in Australia and uh, for me, it all starts with how we look at mental health and how we look at a diagnosis of either ourselves, someone we love, one of our children, one of our parents. So the way I put it is this, like if you experienced road trauma, for example, and you broke your arm really badly so that your hand is down here, like in one of those terrible camp kill yourself videos from the olden days, the skateboard videos, you'd be like, dude, go to the doctor. Nah, 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 she'll be right. I'll just have a beer. She'll be right. Like, no, if you don't get that sorted out, if you don't get that trauma sorted out right now, you'll probably lose the use of your hand for the rest of your life. And then your options and your, the way that you might be able to live the rest of your life is going to be impeded by this forever. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Go to the doctor, get some help, sort it out. So why, why would your brain be any different? If you experience some kind of, uh, some kind of emotional trauma, if you're the victim of abuse, if you, if you witness abuse, if you witness something horrible and you don't process that properly, that can absolutely mess you up. And it won't go away by itself. It gets worse without treatment. As someone who's been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, I can promise you that is true. Another way I put it is like, it's, it's just health. Like everyone in this room would take a pill if I said, this is going to make sure your gut health is awesome. You'd be like, oh, good. And if I say, if you make sure your gut health is right, uh, that gives you healthy bacteria so you can process the poo better and get all the goodness out of the food that you eat. You'd be like, great, I'll get that. But we don't look after our mental health to make sure that our brain can process the same shit that life throws at us so we can get the best out of life. And that is the best fucking gut bacteria to mental health link you'll ever hear. <laughs> it's all health. Today, I'm joined by two extraordinary people who not only take their mental health very seriously, but do it at the same time as holding down very public-facing, uh, very interactive relationships with the communities that they have built around themselves for years now. Uh, they have extraordinary, extraordinary careers. They're beautiful human beings, and they were, they were the only two people I wanted to come and do this with me today. He is a stand-up comedian a legendary video creator, a, a multiple-time best-selling author, sold out that many national stand-up tours, I can't even tell you. He is the mortal enemy of Jar Source. And she is a TV host, a radio host, a podcaster, a DJ, a founder, a business, a business owner, also a best-selling author and the best-dressed person in the room ever, would you please give a huge hello to Nats What I Reckon and Flex Mommy? <laughs> Come on in! <laughs> Keep clapping! Keep clapping! Hey, George. Welcome, babe. Thank you for coming. Of course. Nat, how are you, brother? Have a seat. Oh, well, yeah. I'll throw around All there. right. Here we go. Thanks for coming, guys. Absolutely. How you going? Look, everyone came. <laughs> Should I? It's nice, isn't it? How's how's backstage? How's backstage at Meta? I haven't been to the green room. What's back there? There's a fair bit going on. It's yeah. more of a view. It's nice. You can see the bridge from there. I don't know if we saw the bridge, but now I feel like I'm on the spot. Should I have looked for the bridge? I don't know. It's over there. Uh, I'm grateful you both came to be a part of this. Uh, we've both spoken, you know, publicly and privately about you know about keeping our mental health in. in in good health, essentially. You are two people who have built very successful communities around you. You couldn't have the careers you have without the communities that you've built. People look up to you, but they may not realise the work that you do that goes into making sure that you keep your head above water every day, particularly as the stresses of this 
you know, business we have chosen, Hyman Roth to Michael Corleone, Godfather Part Two. This is the business we have chosen. <laughs> we all have chosen it. We could all go work down the road in a cubicle, but no, we've chosen this. I love it. I wouldn't do anything else. I hate it. <laughs> uh, let me start with you, Flex. What are some things that you do every single day that help you keep in the best possible space to do the extraordinary work you do? I do one thing I like a day and it sounds odd because people would be like, I do that all the time. It's like, no, 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 no. I often found that I had this huge obligation to my career and I didn't feel obligated or responsible to myself. So if I said, you know, what I really want to do today is read fiction for three hours, I would sooner not do that if an email came through, which was really embarrassing to say because what I was telling myself inadvertently is that like, the things that I want and need to feel well are secondary to the things that make other people feel good about me. Ah. Cooked, right? Um, <laughs> so every day I pick one thing that I do that feels good for me because of me, because I said so, because I want to, because I chose it. So I might like tinker, I might paint some furniture, I might do a puzzle, I might read a book, but it has to be done. And it takes precedent over everything at a certain point. I definitely didn't used to do working hours. I was like, whatever, when the job comes through, I'll do it. Now I'm like an eight o'clock. I'm like, it's playtime. Mummy's playing. And I have to make sure it's sparking some kind of joy. And however long it takes, it needs to be done. I think, I think it was Sigmund Freud. He used to make time every day to go out in the yard and play with sticks. Yeah. Because play is such an important part of being able to think properly and making your brain work in those directions. What about uh, as far as your, you know, keeping the system that your brain lives in, in the best it can be? What are some things that you do every day? You told me last night you were being free and I was horrified that you don't drink coffee. Yeah, being free. You're lucky you're still on the show. To be honest. <laughs> Literally, I'm being free. I definitely, I do my Duolingo every day. No sponsor though. Do my brain training apps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the gym. Like I do all the things, which I was really um, like opposed to before because I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but as a capital C creative, discipline and structure felt like the antithesis of who I was meant to be as a person. I'm like, I can't be creative if I'm going to be disciplined. I can't do the things I have to do if, I, if that infringes my ability to do the things I want to do. And now I'm like, oh, no. All that good stuff provides a structure and a framework so I can do those things, you know, at length every day as opposed to going so hard at one thing and then squeezing in and catching up on sleep and catching up on this. So, oh, I've got to get my 12 hours though, but I, it's not 12 hours, it's six. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if I could get 12 hours sleep every day, I would be doing it. You're fucking alive. Don't you think? Yeah. The weekends I try and catch up. I know you can't catch up on sleep, but I feel really good about that. You're not alone there. Nat, tell me what are some things that happen, have to happen for you every day to make sure that you're able to do the extraordinary oh. brain work and connectivity with the people that love you? I don't know. Like I definitely could be better at it. I think the things they're usually talking to my partner, Jules, just kind of encouraged me out of bed and right away we go into complexity of what I do now just I don't know I'm not I'm not a particularly good example of how to do things particularly you actually are but part of you is trying uh -huh. to convince you that you're not yeah maybe in terms of day-to-day -day stuff it just kind of changes like I don't have a I try to have a routine like doing that shit like exercise and fucking I'm trying not to swear more than no, three times right. in a minute. It's not it's going right. well. Actually, we were going to go live for a while, but then we decided against it. So, yeah, I'll do a bit of swearing. That definitely happens. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because I've got tricky sleep problems and just a mangled head. So every day is kind of different. It depends. And when you work for yourself, you kind of run at a different yeah. different speed. It really depends. Like if it's really bad, I might need to buy myself an hour or two. If there's a meeting or something, I might need to be like, oh, fuck, I'm not doing great. Can we do it in an hour from now? Jillsy will be my saving grace. And, uh, yeah, we'll make that work. In terms of, like, looking after the body stuff, it's just don't eat jar sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you said a few things there which I'm uh, like one that you, you I've got to acknowledge you because I know it's something that I have had to do to go yeah I feel this in my head mm. and I'm going to get out of bed and do it anyway mm. and carrying that just going okay it's there it's yeah. like this kind of shitty mate that won't shut up about how good his trip to Europe was like go, I get it we all I have get one. it <laughs> right yeah. like bolognese right yes yeah. But you choose to do it anyway. We don't have a choice, do you? It's like what what's it's gonna be this way whether I do shit or not, you know? If I don't mm. if I decide to just pack it in today and fucking not do it, then that's fine. I can do that. Like I yeah. can, that is my choice. And sometimes it's the right choice and I still don't make that choice. But yeah, it's it's up to you, you know. You, that, that that shit's not gonna go away. I've still got mental health problems. I still have a job, it's still better than fucking putting furniture in a truck, which is my last job. So what, and I kind of, I have little chats to like work it out in my head. I'm like, well, it's better if, it's better if I'm doing this with me and doing stuff with Julesy than, you know, bumping around in an old Isuzu with no air con. <laughs> now, that's it's very fun. specific. <laughs> yeah. It is a very specific truck, that one too, I'm thinking of. And, um, they smell like Dunhills and Monster Energy Drink Diesel. combined with the sweat of a thousand summers. Yeah, and you had to refill the radiator in between every job with one of those like, you know those fucking water fountain things? There'll be one in this office somewhere, you know. the Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they had to carry a full one of those in the truck and it would take an entire one of those of water just for the day. Anyway, it's got nothing to do with what we're talking about. But. <laughs> Sorry that it does, to you. because every day you get out of bed, you choose not I, to do that. I remember yeah. that shit, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, fucking, yeah, that's right. I just got all these thousands of flashbacks from when I was a roadie, mm-hmm. which is the reason I'm wearing hearing aids with people behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was like, I'm glad I did that job for three years, like lifting heavy shit, because I don't ever want to do that again. It's hard on you. I think it's, it's an important thing, to, and I don't want to harp on about it, but I just got to acknowledge you that it is a, a part of this, a part of just accepting that this is part of what your brain is, mm. but also this is the same brain that does all the stuff that people love. It's the same brain that's yeah. bringing you a career. So I choose to get out of bed and do this anyway with this mm-hmm. rather than I can't do anything because of this because that gives you agency and it gives you uh, power in your day and you have more control than letting that thing decide what you can do through your day. Yeah, that's it. It's like it's got to, you've got to be mates with it even if your mate's a dickhead, you know. <laughs> It's kind of going to be there. So, yeah. If I don't see that on a T-shirt at your next gig, I'll be most disappointed. <laughs> I'll be most disappointed. But it's also, it's, I would also like to acknowledge, because, uh, you know, the way you speak about Jules, I, I feel that same way about my wife, Audrey. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you, don't, you don't have to have someone else to, to get you out of the tricky days, but having someone else's brain to check with, yeah. I find to be extraordinarily helpful. Uh, do you find like when you're having a tricky day, Flex, do you find like calling someone or connecting with someone human to human to get someone else's take on a situation helps you? I 
used to not because I, uh, the best way I can say it is that I used to suffer from like a lone wolf syndrome, this idea that like you're in a space but what you're going through is so complex that nobody would get it and to explain it would just be extra complex and maybe just not and that I kind of had this like really grandiose self-belief that I'm like by the time I explain it to you and you console me, I could have done it myself so don't worry about it and I can avoid, you know, the shame I would have felt of letting you know that I couldn't do it because that's not what I'm trying to let you know I'm capable right (laughs) but now I was trying to it's tricky because like I really loved the idea of community but also felt a lot of shame in needing people because I guess I was really harsh on people who needed me I was like you can't do it alone I do it alone all the time right Mm -hmm. and so I made a decision a couple of years ago to test and trial what it would feel like to share the burden because I thought about my closest friends and I thought, you know what, actually, I do feel responsible for you. I'd feel really hurt if you were going through something or you needed uh, not a shoulder to cry on, but just someone to commiserate with and you felt like you couldn't come to me. That is so crazy. And so I started to give people the opportunity to show up for me. And it's actually quite helpful in just a really small way because there's something about connectedness that you just can't fake. You can't do it on your own. You can't feel connected to your people when you never give them the opportunity to connect with you. And so I find that it helps to a point, but I need to know what my best case scenario is. You know, like I find that sometimes I'll talk to a friend who's not in our industry at all, who oversimplifies every single thing or just don't post, you know? Just like, don't do that job. Just like, tell them how you really feel, you know, or just say what you want. Don't censor yourself. I'm like, okay, so I get what you're saying. I hear you, um, but you don't understand, you know, or yeah. if I'm saying, oh, you know, I am getting a lawyer to sign this contract and they, it's going to cost me, I don't know, like four or five figures. They're kind of like, oh, that's like crazy. Just don't do it. Just like, look at it yourself. Shush. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in the same way, I like that it, it makes, it kind of, um, it kind of like humbles me a little bit. Mm. It's like, yeah, things can be simple, but you yeah. kind of like feeling like your life is so complex that nobody gets it. Yeah. So it's finding that nice balance between like, you know, do I just need a shoulder to cry on? Do I need to commiserate? Do I need to feel a sense of community or do I just want to feel heard? And who can I do that with and for how long? I found, and I'm sure you both related to this, that during the, the lockdowns and things in the last couple of years, texting someone was nice to know someone else was there, but it wasn't the same as speaking to them on the phone, actually hearing their voice. Yeah. I couldn't be with them. Uh, but to speak to them on the phone, like actually hearing the tones of voice shift and hearing mm. intonation and hearing emphasis and syllables, or emphasis and syllables, uh, emphasis <laughs> and syllables. I can never remember how to say it. You know, it just gave me that sense, oh, right, there's someone else here who's mm. also, is also feeling this and having, having empathy uh, around that. You, you're both people who create in the, in the online world and part of that creation involves reacting to your audience and giving people, hopefully, what they want. I mean, mm. uh, in television, that's what we do. We, we react to our audience and, you know, uh, f- famously, if you look at season one of Australian Idol, they didn't play their instruments. People said we wanted to play instruments. Season two, they did. We reacted to our, to our audiences. There was a singing show a long time before lots of you were born. Um, <laughs> they're about to do that's it again. Funny. It's on another network, so I can't get there. But I... I I remember early on in those in those days, actually pre that, when I was working at Channel V, it was like the, the like podium earliest earliest moments of interactive kind of streaming. Essentially, we were doing live TV over at Foxtel, and we had a laptop that had IRC on it, Internet Relay Chat, text based. Long time ago, and I asked our technical director, "Can we put this laptop to line?" And he went, "Yeah," and boom, there we are. Like on a Tuesday afternoon, we were reacting to a chat mm. live, and 
I, I remember I'd been on IRC for a while by this point, dial-up incident, back when the internet made a noise. <laughs> a noise. Terrible. And I made a few noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. And I remember being online doing IRC at this radio station I worked at. And like for the first time I was chatting with someone, I don't know what we were talking about, Les Claypool or some bass player or something. And this person was like being like deliberately mean. I was like, mm. why would you do that? We're both here to talk about this thing we like. Why would you? Oh, you're getting off on this. And I was, this was 1996 or five or something. Yeah. Do you remember the first time, Flex, when you were online and you realized, oh, some people were just here to be awful? I can't remember the first time, but I definitely did not experience a lot of like cyber bullying or whatever. Like I have a lot of peers in the industry who are constantly dealing with like death threats and really harsh messages. So I didn't have that, but I do remember an interaction I had because I pulled over like on the side of Illawarra Road to be like, oh no, I need to have this discussion now. And I was talking about whatever the topic was, but this person was so hell bent on taking it extremely personally, like just in the public comments being like, you know, you're not hearing me, you know, you're being ableist and I can't understand the language you're using, you're being elitist and so on and so forth. And I was like, these are a lot of words. I feel like you, you're determined to misunderstand me. But so I was like, let me just get, grab this person in the DM so I can like level with them. So I took it to the DM and they were like, the way they phrased the message, they were like, huh, isn't it so funny? All it takes to get the attention of someone in your status is to make them feel uncomfortable. I just want to see if it would work. Oh, fuck, that's shit. Yeah. And it's odd for me because if anybody knows the way that I navigate the internet, I'm on it. Like, I'm replying to comments. I'm in the DMs. I'm active. It's like, what about you wanted to be so seen by me? You don't even like me. You don't even know me. Yeah. What, what was this test for you? What was this challenge? And it really like stunned me because I started to think or started to interpret any kind of interaction or any kind of bid for my attention as something that was inherently manipulative or not mm. necessarily genuine. And I was like, what yeah. is this for? Why do you want to be seen by me? Why do you want to be yeah. noticed by me? Let's just all orbit this space and like not interact. Wouldn't that be cool? Um, and it took me a while to get past it because, yeah. you know, I don't have any information that would help me deem a stranger on the internet as trustworthy. What, because you have a profile picture? Like, I don't yeah. know, because you've responded to some comments a couple of times? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So suddenly everybody's getting painted with like a brush stroke that like, I was like, you can't be trusted. I'm so sorry. Like, can't do this anymore. Yeah. Now I'm getting better at it, but uh, it shook me. I was like, this yeah. is, I don't know. Was, I don't think you need to be a person of profile to have had that experience Yeah, it was online. weird. Uh, Matt, it sounds like that you've, you know, had similar experiences. Yeah. Well, all the time, people are just so shit to try and get a rise out of you. I kind of do the same thing, to be fair. <laughs> but in a, in a bit of a different format, you know, it's like the commenting stuff's really interesting because people are it's always a shithead at the party kind of thing. You know, there's always going to be someone trying to cause trouble. And that's kind of, I don't know, I experienced that early on. There's a lot of people say a lot of things about the way I look. That's been the case before. I had, you know, a channel and stuff. I've got kind of had, I've kind of, uh, I've taken the piss for a long time, so I'm, I don't find it hard to have something to say back, which is also like, you know, I've realised there's no point in doing that either. Mm. Those things have changed, particularly the last kind of 10 years of doing this stuff. It's like, yeah, you can soak in a lot of, you can soak in a lot of dickheads just trying to, just trying to uh, be a part of the, the entertainment, I suppose. There's something there that you're like, well, this, 
you can see that people are commenting on their stuff. You won't ever get shit comments like that or very rarely you're getting like trolley comments on something that's only got four other comments. It's like when it's going off, yeah. people start to just some energy to it. dump their cool <laughs> shit on there, you know. It's like yeah. check me out, I'm hilarious. Do you also find that it's the way you show up on the internet is how people try and like get one at you? So mm. I so I find like my thing on the internet is having like big conversations, right? But I want to have a big conversation about anything, about, you know, like hypothetically how many seals could fit in this space. Guess. 45? Mm-hmm. 200? What kind of seals are we talking? This Leopard seals? Yes. We can get into yeah, it. Yeah. Baby seals? But so I find it's a lot of cuteness. that like when <laughs> I get challenged on the internet, it's somebody trying to challenge my intellect. And I'm like, I'm not... I'm not like I don't mind that yeah. we don't agree on the same thing. So yeah. like I'm not going to meet you at that at place. But you know, for you, I find that people will be like, "Oh, I'm going to get one at him with humor. I'm going to prove that I'm funny too, and I can yeah. be funny. I'm going to tell yeah. a really good joke." And it's like, do you not see what you're doing? Like, yeah. do you, you want to be on the in so badly that this is you're by any means necessary? Let me just speak yeah. the language and put on the suit and, and play the game, and maybe they'll notice me. And it's like. We all have our roles here. Yeah. Like I'm externalizing, you're internalizing, mm. and then we move on. Or announce the like I've had enough of you. Is a good one. Like the I'm yeah, unfollowing. That's uh <laughs> that's a couple of ads that you've put up recently for your own stuff. I've had enough of that. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, lately I've taken to like replying to stuff like that. I try to reply to people just it was a bit of I'd freak him out with being kind. Oh, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you're not enjoying the show, sir. You know? <laughs> kind regards. <laughs> yeah, would you like this cold water over in the fountain? Go for your life, muscles. See you later. Miss you. you Miss know. you already. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's, and then, and then when you you, you say something like, well, so, well, you know, sorry, you're not enjoying it. I actually put a lot of work into this. It's a bummer that. Haven't been able to make you the uh, thing that you were after on the free thing. Yeah, on the free thing. <laughs> yeah, you can like rub the glass a bit more and find something else if you like, champ, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, but then they flip, it flips it and they start. Pandering to you. I'm sorry. I, I realised that you put a bit of personality in there yeah. and a bit of like real talk. It's like, yeah, this shit's hard actually though. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not really that sorry that you're not enjoying it, but <laughs> yeah. yeah part, part of me is like remembers I, I would school in Queensland and, and in an ancient time called the 80s and we had like 36 kids in our class mm. and the teacher spent the most amount of time with three of them, mm. you know, and the rest of us were like, I guess we'll just learn the re- reading and writing stuff by ourselves while you look after, you know, one, two, and three over there who are throwing stuff and chewing crayons and shoving stuff up their nose. Mm. It, it kind of reminds me of that, like the people who are there to actually truly enjoy you, appreciate you, the people that will buy your tickets, the people yeah. that will buy your books, the people that will participate in the businesses that you're creating uh, might feel a bit like, hang on a sec, I've been here since 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been here since good on your champ one mm. you know i was here for the first of it you're not talking to me yeah. but you're engaging with the person that's being being kind of cranky so what's different now you know how, how's things for you now are you still pulling over on the side of the road no yeah good not pulling over the side of the road trying not to take things personally either because yeah. i i'm a consumer as well so i find that that's 
been the easiest way to resonate with people. I don't personalize random people I see on the internet. I try not to because I'm only just interpreting them from what I'm perceiving, from what they're creating. It's mm. all too much. I try and distance myself from it or actively choose to engage yeah. or set boundaries about how I want the content to be engaged with. So I might pose a hypothetical question and be like, but don't tell me about it. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it. Put it in your group chats, you know, like yeah. build a build a community where it matters for you because realistically this interaction is fine, but I don't need to have this one with you for it to have any value. I also think that just boundary setting in a small level, I used to externalize a lot of my boundaries. I was like, you know, when you ask me for something, say please and thank you, and that got me nearly cancelled. But now I'm just like, oh, I'm not the only person to have a difficult time on the internet. I'm not the only person to have a good time on the internet, yeah. but I am the only person that's me and I can choose to like log off or yeah. to not be as active or to not have to feel like I need to explain myself constantly or put so much context around existing because mm. a lot of that I don't have answers for. I often find that it doesn't help being an introspective person in an extroverted body because I <sighs> take so much of my energy to not express my thoughts but I feel like now that I find my thoughts to be more sacred, I'm like, you know, I can just think that one <laughs> and not publish it. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Before before we did this, there's about, you know, like I said, I've been here for three days and I had this whole chat with the team at Meta about the kind of stuff that I, I want to talk about. And they were like, yeah, uh, is that the, the, the theme of the show? Probably yeah. not, but then it's been said and yeah. I feel like it's done. It's fine. Um, it's interesting that you say that around um, – you know, what, what you choose to do. Like once I started seeing it differently about what I externalize and I remember getting on Twitter, like right after it stopping an SMS thing, you mm. know, I've had, I was living in America at the time. So I knew some people in San Francisco and stuff and very quickly it, it changed. And now Twitter isn't this place where ideas come around. I'm happy to talk shit about Twitter because we're at Meta HQ. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it, you talked about getting canceled. You talked about getting called out. This, you know, it's people kind of sit waiting. I yeah, feel. yeah, yeah. They sit, they're waiting like, ha-ha, screenshot, repost. Like, well, how does that change a conversation or change my mind? Or it doesn't at all. It doesn't change anything. It changes nothing. It just probably tries to get you going, ha-ha, I got one. Like it's a head on a spike in Game of Thrones book one or two. Which one was a head on spikes, honey? Book four. <laughs> all of them? Yeah. The, day, the day I met my wife. The day I met my wife, my first thing I sat down, did you see Game of Thrones last night? Wow. It was like, I've read all the books. It wasn't a surprise. I was like, oh, a reader. I've got, she's a reader. I was so excited. Uh, but like, have, you've, I'm assuming you've both, you've both survived stacks on. You've both survived an attempt of, you know, kind of calling out and cancelling it. You've both survived something like that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, well, yes and no. It's kind of, I'm so abrasive with the way I am online anyway. I'm not. You know, harmlessly so, I suppose. You know, I'm pretty coarse language and all that shit. But it's like, I mean, the things that people have been gnarly, like, for example, we are on holiday and there was a guy running around. This is on holiday, mind you, so I shouldn't be fucking posting shit. And I was just, you know, we're just out the front of our place. There's a brown snake kicking off in the front yard. It's going nuts because the guy's fucking running around with a spade trying to smack it. And, like, I posted, like, yes, super relaxing holiday so far as a guy chasing a brown snake around with it. Yeah, and then apparently I was condoning people killing brown snakes and, like, it just went went a bit gnarly and, like, you know, my inbox filled up with nasty shit and I did, I did you know, I posted something saying, hey, just not, that's not what I'm 
about. Yeah. I'm not a brown snake hunter, you know. I'm not. <laughs> Though I would watch gr- that show. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I've just I've had those challenges. They've been pretty mild, to be honest. But like, yeah, there's always someone like if you post anything at all, like personal about you know your personal views about things. You know, I like to think I've got pretty well balanced politics. Like, for example, I went to the women's march with with Jules, and I posted. Something about that, saying, you know, kind of really enjoyed my day there and it just got filled with all these, you know, comments that I'm sure you can imagine, you know, just just bummers. People trying to just start their own page off a comment, you know. It's like Mm. you're trying to say the most, you're a shitster, it's the only way to put it really. You're a shitster trying to kind of chase some clout or something. Like are you trying to have an actual conversation with me about, about that stuff because I'm happy to talk about mm. why I went to the Women's March with you. That's an easy conversation for me to have but you're not trying to have one. You're trying to have one at me. Yeah. And that stuff is like – and I've been there with Jules with this stuff too and it's nice. I'm lucky to have someone to bounce that off because mm. I'm like, this is really stressful. I've got all these, you know, like – Tinder hashtag feminist dudes that are trying to fucking, you know, come at me. What wave of feminist are you? What wave oh of feminist are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jules just reminded us Please what advise. wave of feminist are you? As if I was trying to kind of signal some shit or something. Oh. Yeah, anyway, it's just an example of like, oh, man. it can get complex from just whatever you post. There's so many avenues for someone to to come and try and find trouble and whether you want to... How do you fortify yourself against that now? I don't really. I'll I'll usually just have a suitable level of panic attack and then (laughs) either... Well, I'll use... I know... I'm sure this will tick a box here, but like you can restrict people. That's been really helpful. It's like I don't want to... I don't want to get into a whole thing with you, but I'll just, just shush for a minute. You can still type and your thing will go up and stuff. But you've been... Shush in the sim bin for a bit. Just <laughs> shut the fuck Take up. Take a time out. Take a time out. Take an internet time out. Yeah. Have a Kit Kat. Well, protect. It's protect, protecting you from. They they still feel like they're that it's done. Well, there's a few ways to go about it. Right. One is like, Gaia. Just be like, yeah. This is what I think about your weird tirade that you just had at me. Or just shush. Just shush. You can still go. That whole classic. If you ignore them, they'll go away, kind of thing. That kind of works in some respects, but it doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. people that are that bored, that are up for a big chat about a thing, and they're up for a bit of war online, are going to just keep doing it. But whether you want to have that out with them on your page or not, it's another thing. You can you can disengage with some stuff, but in my head, like I'm feeling it now. I just feel mm-hmm. that. Yeah, oh man, yeah. feel that that roaring in me. That's like fuck, and just. Piss off, you dickhead. Yeah. yeah like, just leave us alone. I'm like, I'm trying to do a bit of, trying to keep it a bit real about what I'm yeah, doing. That's not, the game, that's not the game we're playing. No. Yeah. We're, we're, we're playing game two of the 2006 State of Origin. I'm Queensland. And you think we're playing, you know, <laughs> Conor McGregor versus what's-his-face in MMA. No, they're two different fights altogether. Yeah. Mine, we win, by the way. Eight in a row. Thank you very much. <laughs> you come talk to me when you get eight in a row, by the way. We can have that, we can have that chat. It's a football thing. Anyone listening? from outside of the country, no pads, it's a lot of fun. Um, 
we, uh, I, I have a studio in my house mm-hmm. uh, where I do podcasts and I do all the voiceover stuff, all, all the Bondi Rescue Bachelor stuff. It all, all happens in my house. Um, all the interviews that I do, that can be a problem for, for me because it's in my home. And if someone says, oh, we've got this client thing. Oh, can you just drop one more line in? It, it wasn't yesterday on The Bachelor. It's previously. Can you come run it? Just need one more previously. Sure. Um, but then it's like, A, I'm, I'm not driving to a studio to get it done, but it still kind of takes me away from, from my family. A lot of you know, you, what you do is you, you create in the home that you live in. How have you been able to separate the kind of work and you know, home space flex? Yeah, it's tricky. And I've made a lot of mistakes in this area as well. Like I would say, you know, in the last maybe five years ago, between three and five, I was like the home girl. Like I'm like, I'm doing a home tour. Here's my kitchen. Here are my things. It's what I do, whatever. And I created, I opened up the cinematic universe. I made it so real for people that they were like, oh gosh, we are in it. Like, why would you hide anything now? We've seen the most intimate parts of your Mm -hmm. existence, you know? So it was really hard to backtrack from that because I was like, yeah, I get I work here, but I also live here. And so, you know, a lot of my most uncomfortable memories with my internet experience happened in my home, like in my bed, Mm. in my living room, like with the things that I like, that are mine, that are sacred. And so I overcorrected and I was like, I'm only shooting in this corner of my house. And I'm like, wait a second. Mm. <laughs> Can I not enjoy my own space without having to make adjustments for the imaginary person who's going to have an issue with it or is going to ask too many questions? Yeah. And so now what I find is that I don't censor myself. I allow myself to do whatever I want in my own space with the awareness that this is the implication of it. A question will be asked, an expectation will be made. But I also feel like what I didn't used to do before on the internet was put any context around my behavior. So for example, there was this big thing on my page a couple of months ago because I moved into a new place and I was like, oh, I'm on, I don't want it to be identifiable in any way because I've had too many experiences where I'll sell something on Facebook Marketplace and someone's like, oh my God, I know you. Uh, I won't tell anyone. Or like the Uber's like, oh my goodness, aren't you? And I'm like, mm, they're like, I won't tell anyone. And that in itself, I'm like, damn, this is too close to home. Or I will post, you know, my view and someone's like, oh, I know that street. Yeah. And so I was like, I'll just cover all the windows. Now everyone's like, why aren't you showing your windows? Yeah. And I'm like, does it matter? Yeah. So, wow. And it's weird because I'm like, you're noticing, but you're not noticing that it's weird for you to notice that I'm concealing parts of myself from you. So the best thing I can do is be intentional and say, hey, like I work in my house. I don't want you people to know where I live. You get that? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, no, I get that. It makes sense. Or I never thought of it that way. I just assumed like I would never do anything weird. Like I would never try and find your house. I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't, but I don't know what the other people looking are doing, you know? This is true. And if I was someone shady, the first person I would target for a bit of a robbery, you know, or something, is an influencer who's like, this is my house and this is my street. And, you know, posting exactly where you are, exactly when you're there. These are all things that just make you a target. So giving the audience that context helps. But also I'm like, oh gosh, where is the magic with the internet these days? Why I got to put context and disclaim every single scene? What you're saying is it's not dissimilar from uh, Audrey and I. We had a a conversation with our oldest when she was about 14 or 15. Mm. It's like when she was starting to like really kind of post a lot of what she was doing online, like, you know, just don't post where you are when you're there. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, take the location off where your house mm-hmm. is. You know, your friends know where you are. That's important. But everyone else, 
you know, it's it it's important to have a, have a boundary around <laughs> around that. You know, unfortunately, these things we've only had to look at the the latest uh, online hacks. You know, people are looking for an exploitation from someone somewhere. Um, but having that boundary around your work and your home, like I often wonder that after a long day of you know just assaulting Parmigiana, <laughs> and you go, geez, and you might rap shooting at three, like. Christ, now I've got to go back in the kitchen and cook dinner. Mm. Like, how, like, does it, what, what happens there? Where's the boundary there for you? I'll go outside and uh, walk down the Vietnamese joint and get there a bowl for, yeah. Yeah. yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's hard with, um, well, most of our cooking stuff, well, the cooking shows come from lockdown. So it was a necessity where otherwise we're filming stuff wandering around fucking trade shows and looking for aliens and Roswell and stuff. Which is brilliant, by the way. <laughs> Thanks very the much. The boat show stuff is glorious. <laughs> glorious. <laughs> yeah, I, um, it's, it's t- entirely impossible to separate because it's my kitchen yeah. and my apartment. And so n- now I've just moved somewhere where we can set something up that's separate to where I actually cook my own food. Right. You know, not that that's not my own food. <laughs> but, yeah. Just it's having, the audience's food. That's the audience's food. That's right. This comment for a slice of it. It's, <laughs> um, do you reckon it's something about putting that verbal boundary there? It's like, yeah, the kitchen's in my house, but I'm not actually working right now. Or yeah. as you said before, and someone's like, can you quickly just film something? It's like, technically I could, yeah. but was the deadline not yesterday? And now today I'm at a different job. Yeah. It's that context that I used to shoulder on my own, being like, oh, nah, like, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. Yeah. And like, this doesn't like the other way around. When yeah. I get an email from a client, I don't say, respond to me tomorrow on, Sunday, on Saturday. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah. So I think painting a really clear picture for someone to be like, do you understand what you're asking? Cool. There's a buddy of mine, Gaza. He won't mind me saying this. He's the most extraordinary human and he resisted getting a smartphone forever. And then when he finds, and this guy's, he's a heavy hitter. Like he is, his office is at this level in a, in a high rise, right? And he just said straight to them, I'll take one of these phones, but if, you, if I get an email ping after business hours, I'm going to give it back to you. Mm. Gaza's handed that, that was phone 10 back. years ago. And yeah. it's still that fast. <laughs> he had the phone for a day. It's still that, it's still that way. It's amazing. He has this boundary. Oh, good him. on him. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's not a competition. <laughs> no. But it can, be, it can be done. We're kind of, yeah. we're kind of, we're almost pushed into this. Like we have to be available all the time. We have to be able to respond to people, you know, if, if whether it be a, uh, like, I'm just talking like just a regular, it's not, not me or you or like just a regular person. We get a, a comment. We're like, why didn't you write back? Like yeah. the comment seven hours old. Why didn't you write back? Cause I'm so watching. Fucking life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm watching some streaming thing. I'm seven episodes deep into, you know, I think it's important, like what you said about boundary stuff too and setting that shit early. Like just with anything in your life, I've found that beneficial. You set up boundaries like I don't, you know, I don't like watching those shows. I don't do these things. I'm not down with those politics. I don't want to be fucking dealing with emails after that stage, you know. It's important with your work stuff too and the internet shit, you know. I have to try and employ some of that. Don't sit there and fucking do this shit after eight o'clock. Otherwise, my brain will keep doing that. Mm. You know, it's hard to set those boundaries, but we'll work. And we, as creators, it's like you, you, you're never going to, you're never going to, there's always going to be something to do there. Yeah. And if you do set the earlier, the better to try and. But it wasn't always this difficult. No, you know what I'm so, saying? Like yeah. there was a point in time where it was like, oh, it was exciting and like invigorating and rejuvenating and validating, you know? Mm. It's like a bell, co- a bell curve, too much exposure to this 
thing that's deriving you so much pleasure is soon going to cause you pain. You can't avoid it. And I just think that people are realizing once the pain has happened, they're kind of like, but it used to feel so good. It's like, okay, get over that. Now it's difficult. What are you going to do about it? And I think, you know, you spoke before about having agency. And I think a lot of what we have is the illusion of agency. It's like, yes, you work for yourself, but anyone who owes you an invoice is your boss. And anyone who emails you with a potential job is now your boss. And anybody who perceives you on the internet is now your boss. And so suddenly you're at like, you're just being pulled at different places. So like, yeah, I'm my own business. Sure, like technically, but you are at the helm of anyone who has anything to do with what you do to make your money, which is so odd. And then setting that boundary, it's like at what cost? What is the implication? We talked about um, just think two weeks ago, I took seven days off work and everyone's like, where did you go? I was like, nowhere. Yeah, right. Didn't do anything. Did laundry. I read, like I walked around the block. I went to the gym. That's it. And everyone's like, oh, but there was that deadline. I was like, mm, that was your deadline. Because what was I meant to do? Uh, you were never yeah. going to prioritize what I needed in that situation. Now we have to take these really, like, we have to, to make these huge adjustments for like, yeah. this little bit of freedom. We will return to Facebook Towers in just a moment to rejoin with Flex and Nat. There's uh, a lot more to come, some pretty excellent takeaways between now and the end of the show. Many, many more live show plans in 2023. Podcasts, uh, that live news show coming to the Factory Theatre in January, Fridays, 27th of January, and then the following couple Fridays after that. Tickets are on sale either right now or in the next 24 hours. Jump on the mailing list or join up on the Discord. The link to both is in the show notes, and I'll let you know when and how you can get those tickets as soon as they go on sale. It is a whole lot of fun, and I really hope you can come along. Going to play some ads, and we're back with Flex and that in a moment. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Not everyone who's listening or watching is is uh, a person who creates online to hundreds of thousands or millions of, of people, but every single person in this room is a part of a group chat. Every person in this room has been a part I mean, of a group hopefully. chat <laughs> when they've seen they've seen a meme go by or whatever. I'm gone and felt you're you're my mate. I should probably tell you what is not is not okay with mm. me. All right, so that just explodes to a humongous point when you are in an online community of hundreds or thousands, okay? So everyone has this experience of, I love this person and I'm going to have to tell them that gag is not okay. Um, 
and I'll tell you a quick story and then ask you how you do it. Like in, in 2000, I'm talking about ancient history here. In, in 2001, um, there was a music festival called The Big Day Out. And in 2001, there was a band called Limp Biscuit. They were on stage at the time. And I, I, I watched uh, what happened uh, in the crowd. And I was standing behind the stage. I've got footage of it that I still haven't watched 22 years later. Um, and I, you know, a, a young lady died in the, uh, in the crowd. But the stuff leading up to that, the role of the person on the microphone, is so, so important. I remember at the time we were doing a lot, a lot of live gigs and we were all really shaken by this. The, mm. There's camera people in this room that worked on Channel V at the time. Um, we were all super shaken because like any room, even this, there's a couple like, of 100 people here, it was like it could be terrifying. A, a blink yeah. And my director, Bernie, said to me, you're the one who can change that. Mm. You've got the mic. He said, I'll never forget it. People just need permission to behave. You tell them to dance, they'll dance. Mm. You tell them to riot, they'll riot that can be exploited and has been many times through history. I'm like, Bernie, you are right. As the person who is at the helm of your community, do you find yourself modeling the way you would like people to speak to each other and engage with each other? hundred percent. And it's interesting because I think that for the longest time, people perceived me to be quite, um, like what is the opposite of a stickler? Like easygoing, <laughs> laid back. And it's like, no, I just had, I just held these high standards to myself because I was like, oh, you guys are all adults. Like, uh, I don't need to tell you what to do. You're self-regulating people. No, because they were like, oh, you tell us what mm. to do and we'll do what you do. And so it's, it happened on different scales. Like, for example, I used to have this podcast um, with a friend of mine. We talk about philosophy, psychology, race, identity, but then it gave all these other people who were outside of our identities permission to speak about what we were speaking about and the way we were speaking about it. And I was like, oh, I feel like... You're missing the point there. What I also found really interesting is that for the same podcast, we had a Facebook group uh, probably like, I don't know, four years ago. So maybe like 40,000 people. But in a Facebook group, it's quite like it's a different vibe to having 40,000 Instagram followers or something. It's yeah. far more intimate, right? And everyone there feels an attachment to you because like I'm your listener and I know these stories. And listening to anyone speak for an hour or two hours multiple times a week is super intimate. But we we had decided very early on that as an experiment, we wanted to see if our audiences reflected us. Would they choose to handle situations the way that we did? Would they reason with people the way that we did? Could they be in an environment with people that they didn't like necessarily mm. and still have conversation? And it eroded so quickly. Like it was just Lord of the Flies almost immediately. We were yeah. like, just we'll let it go. We'll see what happens. And it never got better. That's a shame. It never fixed itself. It just got worse and worse, more volatile, more aggressive, yeah. more mean, weaponizing language, creating these little micro communities. Whoever was the closest looking to us felt like they had, you know, more power. Whoever resonated with being from the same country felt like they had more power. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I remember someone had said to me, or plenty of people, like, if you just come in and say something, they'll stop. And I was like, I don't like that. That tells me about the world. Yeah. Why do you need me, this external character on your phone, to tell you how to be the person you need to be for this to all change? And I couldn't get past the ego of being like, it shouldn't have to be me. Yeah. Like, you should all know better. And so I remember we just closed the group one day. We're like, oh, we'll just close it, see what happens. And immediately people were like, if you had said something, we would have changed. We didn't wow. know that the stakes were this high. We would have been different if we had known that you would close the group. Is that odd? No, we're, we're all just toddlers in the yeah. end. We are all just giant toddlers that pay tax and ultimately we'll just keep <laughs> pushing until someone says, no, that's the boundary. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's that's that's 
you know, this, what you're describing is not unique. It yeah. happens. And I've been in public. But I'm scarred. I'm public, just like, yeah. I don't, because yeah. I, I, it's one thing to assume a responsibility where, you know, you're kind of like, oh, I'm the most senior person in the room or I know the most. But in this space, I'm like, we're truly equals here. Yes. Yeah. I built this environment and said, you do whatever you want. I'm just bringing you all together. And yeah. this is what you did? Unprovoked? Yeah. Spooky. It must be tough too, like. Harvested a bit of a community there and a few fucking dickheads ruined it for everyone. Yeah. It's always the way, isn't it? It's a bummer. Yeah. Have you found a, a ways of like that when you've tried to, uh, I don't know, guide the way that people interact with each other in your community? Yeah, I look a little bit. I kind of, I was talking about this with Jules yesterday. I'm like, I've been someone who's, you know, who's fucking grown up having some tough times and said some stupid shit and just, you know, just like everyone does, you know, you grow up and it's part of growing up, right, is working mm. shit out. And so I hold a bit of space for people to, depending on what they're saying, you know, to fuck up and then kind of lift their game a bit more. I like to, you know, I do have lines in the sand. You're saying any stupid phobic shit. It's just like it's got to go, you know. Yeah. Those comments have got to go. I've got to have it. Whether I have you chat about that with that person or not is another thing. But, yeah, the gentle ones can be tough too. Like you say, you got a, a mate or someone who's just sent you a meme or a thing. It's not – it's a bit on the nose, you yeah. know. And by a bit on the nose – It's red it's, hot. It's politically fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like – I've gotten better at that stuff even though I'm quite anxious being like, hey, uh, you know, did you know that that kind of stuff can – make people feel a little bit like shit and you're a legend. I don't know you even want people to feel like shit kind of thing. Maybe not in that quite those. Curt- that's the back of the T-shirt that you said before earlier. <laughs> like, that's, like just have that. Like, yeah. That's an extraordinary way of looking at it. Well, that's what the humor supposed to be. It's mm. supposed to be inclusive and like yeah. not it's – a, it's a big thing in the, in the comedy world or it's all a joke so it's fine. It's not. It's a fucking shit joke. Mm. It's a shit yeah. joke that made someone feel like shit. Yeah. That's not a good joke. You know, it is to it is to the other people that are loving that shit. But that's not it's not getting us anywhere. It's like okay. being kind is what works. You can be kind and funny. There's fucking plenty of that going on. You can also be like rude and kind and funny all at once, you know. It just depends what kind of rude you are. Secret you know, sauce. Like separating people and, you know, like like what happened in your group, you know. Mm. It's like, oh suddenly there's a group of people that are like, Oh, I can't I can't fucking say anything anymore. Because I just cracked this one joke about this thing, you know, that's it's just it's shit. Yeah. That thing's been proven to be shit and proven to make people that are really great people feel awful. And we've even used a, like a, a word like that's just a, a an old word that I would have used in the playground kind of thing, which is probably not great. Turned out to be an ableist term and I had a friend message us and be like, hey, that word actually, you might not have thought about that, actually can mean these kind of things and make people feel this way. Immediately veto that word. Easy for me. Yeah. I didn't think twice about that stuff, but it was it was a nice exchange. It was nice to be able to yeah. be like, oh, cool, I get to fucking work on my shit. It's a good feeling when you get older, you know, growing mm-hmm. up. I just learned some shit. That's cool. Trying to share that with People, depends how open they are about that stuff. But, yeah, there's definitely a way to be like, hey, you're a fucking legend. I, I love what you're doing. That thing there is, I don't think that's where you're at either, mm. you know. 
think it maybe you'll just suggest that and maybe that's enough to flick that switch a bit and get them thinking about that communication. Well, you'd be the best school teacher. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I want you to be I the think principal you of my high school. Finish school to be a teacher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just as we're coming into the, the, the end of our chat here, but we talked a little about uh, mental health routines at the start of this. If people are listening and they're thinking like, what do you mean mental health routines? Like what, if there's one thing that you would want to share with people, like if they haven't ever done this before, what's one thing that you would want to share with them is like try just doing this every day for two weeks and see how things are different. What do you think that would be, Flex? Ooh. I would say to try thinking about yourself in relation to others and others in relation to others. I feel like a lot of us can be really single-minded with how we view the world. If I didn't experience it, it didn't happen. If I didn't see it, it didn't happen. If I don't think it, it doesn't exist. And that can be quite an isolating thing to do or to, to be. And then you soon lack empathy and you lack the ability to build community and you don't feel like you can connect with anyone. And so just taking that moment to be like, wait, why do I feel that way? And why does that person make me feel that way? And like, why don't I feel like I can talk to that person? Because we don't do it enough. I think we think about ourselves conceptually. Like we think about how, like I think about what you think of me as opposed to what I think of me. Mm. I think about how I'm being perceived as opposed to how I want to be presented to the world. Things like that. I feel like it's, it's the small step because I feel like everyone's like, go to therapy. Therapy is performance art if you want it to be. Therapy is like, can I present as a really high-functioning person and be validated by this professional? Because you really, you show up, you're kind of like, this is great. Like, I love me, you love me, we're amazing. At $250 an hour. <laughs> a steal. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm rarely like, go to therapy. I'm just like, just have a think about you. Just try that, not for the invisible spectator in your head, not for the voyeur in your head who's like, this is a bad thing to think or a good thing to think. Just process those thoughts and see see what that makes you feel about yourself. You get so far. I really, really recommend it. Um, and it's a practice as well because I feel like a lot of people are bypassing seeing themselves in favour of trying to show up as who would be better perceived mm -hmm. by somebody else. And it's just such a lazy way to go through your life. This fear of like, what if they don't like me? Babe, someone likes you. It's all good. <laughs> like, we're all just here to be polite and chill and it's fine. Do you like you? Let's start there. Uh, that's that's one thing that people could walk away mm. with. What about you now? What's the thing that, one? if you said, just just try this one thing for two weeks? Oh, one thing for two weeks. And I feel like I need a few of those at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the big one for me, and I say it a lot, is, is to talk about what's going on. Mm. Just so many people just don't, you don't, Focalise it, whatever that means, you know, whether it is just texting someone or something, but just let's have a chat about what's going on because if you don't, you just end up turning that into another 10 chats you've got to have, you know. I'm lucky to have a partner and some really good mates that I can talk to when shit's a bit weird or I'm feeling a bit off, which I am all the fucking time. So there's lots of chats, but that stuff helps. It really does. You have a gas bag and even if it's the wrong shit or you haven't worked out what the fuck's going on, Maybe you'll work it out if you have yeah. a chat about it. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. When I when I was really, I got if I got really really sick. I got like like I needed to be on like a lot of antipsychotics, kind of sick, and I had to. Like if we were in a room, I'd, afterwards we had an interaction. Someone walked away. I'd turn around and say, "Hey, before I had this idea that that person did they shout at me just then? Be like, mm. no, 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 they used their normal voice. I'm like, mm. thank you, and I just knew that I had to trust 
what you saw because yes. I knew that my brain wasn't perceiving things, yeah. you know, in an okay way. And, and just like checking a situation with another person, I used to, that's just a part of, you know, what I had to do. I think that's really okay. Like yeah. I do that stuff a lot too with Jill's, obviously very different stuff and yeah. different situations. But yeah, my anxious mind will have decided that any number of things have happened and will manifest realities that aren't going, yeah. this just aren't happening. Happens all the time. Yeah. I have to like check on my, does that person think I'm a massive fuckwit or... Wait till the flight no. crew. Are, wait till the flight crew are caught crawling at the door before you start to get worried about the turbulence. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is they, if they're yeah. okay, I'm okay. I might be making this mean something terrible, but they just are chatting about where they're going to have dinner tonight on the Goldie. All right, we'll be sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, it's also yeah. wild. I often find that people are thinking like, "Oh, but I don't feel like comfortable to do that." The comfort comes with doing. Mm. Like you don't just arrive one day and say, "Hi, I feel comfortable to share my anxiety with you." And we're both comfortable. It's like, no, you keep doing it and then you get a validating response and that empowers you to do it again. Mm. So it's like, don't look for comfort. Just be convicted and try it. Before, like, we're, we're, we're going to have to wrap this up, but um, for both of you, it seems like acceptance of what your brain is, mm. is a big part of it. When I first got, like, really sick, um, they said, oh, you know, take these antipsychotics when it's really bad. Mm. And I was like, I, you know, I make the joke that I, I did a, a magic trick of the mentally ill as old as psychiatry itself. My doctor told me to take these medications only when I need them. If I don't take them, I don't need them. Mm. Brilliant. I, I yeah. don't have paranoid delusions. I did. Um, I didn't want to accept that I needed to take these drugs. Only once I accepted it and I started the treatment and leaned into it, that's the only time, that's the only way that things got better. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say about being acceptance of this is the brain that I've got, but this is also the brain that gives me the life I have. What mm. would you say about that, Flex? Say it is what it is. I, I feel as though it doesn't help when we live in an environment that's encouraging you to constantly iterate and improve and you never really arrive and there's always something to fix. And that can be true, but in the same vein, you as you are now is all you kind of have. And so until you kind of get comfortable with that thought, because I feel like people are waiting to arrive at a better version of themselves. Like, yeah, but up until you get there, it's just you and you. So like, get to know you. What do you like? What don't you like? What do you feel comfortable with? And there's something about, like I often talk, people often ask me about confidence. I'm like, I'm not confident. I'm just convicted. Like, I just trust me so much that whatever I say in that moment, I'm comfortable with. If I change my mind, it is what it is. And I think there's something about walking through the world being like, if I can't, trust anything I can trust myself that is so much better than if I can't trust myself I can trust everybody else that's insane so there's something about accepting and that's not about like self-celebration and being like really stoked and like really high on self-love but just accepting the facts like that water is drinkable and I can breathe this air and like sometimes I wake up sleepy so that's it's like it's that simple I feel like sometimes we need to take away like not just the fluff, but the glamour of it all. Yeah. It just needs to be practical and simple and to the point. What, what would you say to that about like if there's, if there's been people in your life that mate, you really you really need to go get some help around that, mm. but you maybe avoiding it because you don't want to be the person that's got that thing. Um, what what would you say to that person? That needs to go and get some help. Yeah. Oh, the things can be better. Things can be a bit easier. You know. That's that's like a lack of loneliness that needs to be shown, I suppose. It's like can be lonely being fucking, you know, in a tough spot, whether you're, yeah, whether you're angry or you're 
you know, whatever this person is going through. Yeah, having that's the that's the chat thing again. Yeah, can't mm-hmm. have a gas bag about it. Just it's if the person's a dickhead, and don't chat to them again. <laughs> <laughs> That's also good. Go talk to someone else. It's another chat. <laughs> That's important too that it's like just because you decided to go and have a chat with someone, if that was a shit chat, have it elsewhere. Mm. You know, not everyone's for you. You're, an, you're a cool person. You're an individual. That's what makes us all awesome is that we're all fucking got other people that'll be great to chat to and some of them just it's great that we don't chat. Because you're not the person for me to chat to, you know. That's cool as well. Yeah, I don't know. Weird answer. But no, cool. but it's 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 absolutely right. There's like definitely there's there's people in my life that I just I just don't interact with anymore. Don't know to, yeah. It's like I only get this awful feeling on my stomach when I'm talking with you. <laughs> I know how to chat. Like you have plenty of other friends. Mm. I'm gonna be okay. I miss you, mate. And it's kind of better if we don't. And and that's that's okay. And yeah, having that yeah. kind of protection is totally. It's kind it's all right. exchange. I don't, I don't, I don't know that person. You'd have to be like fucking see you some other time, <laughs> mate. <yeah. laughs> yeah. Honestly, thank you all so much for being here, uh, Flex and Nat. Thank you so much yeah, for being so for open. And, and and you know, I certainly got a lot out of it, out of today, and I, I certainly hope people will listen and, and watch this will get a lot out of it as well. And when they go and like watch the things that you talked about in years past, they go, oh my goodness, they can. See mm. the transformation that you've described on this side through the stuff that you've created, and that, that'll bring a whole other level to it. Um, they're both fantastic. Would you please make a massive amount of noise? That's what I reckon. Flex, mommy. Thanks for listening. See you there. I'll see you Wednesday. And there you have it. Uh, that was a huge amount of fun and a massive thanks to the the whole team at Meta. There was probably about 15 or 16 crew that made that happen at the helm. Amber Brown, Kirsty Wilson, and Michael Morkos. They worked alongside the incredible Rachel Barrett, the executive producer of this show and all the stuff that I do. They moved mountains to get the whole thing lined up. And the tech crew was so, so great. Uh, the director, everybody was great. There's about six cameras, seven cameras. Uh, we got there for the tech rehearsal the day before and I talked to them about how I'd like it to be shot. And they moved the whole room around for me because I wanted it to be quite immersive. I wanted it to feel like you were literally watching it in the room. And when you see the vision, when you see the footage, you'll, you'll see that we achieved that. And I, I couldn't be more thrilled to uh, dip my toe back into a bit of directing and you know TV production it was actually pretty cool. Massive thanks to Andy Marr, my uh, audio and video post-production legend who did a Herculean effort working alongside Meta in cutting that shoot together. Six cameras is a lot to cut. Bree Steele on research and support. Dresden Vision, who did a wonderful job gifting. Uh, they gave people sunglasses on the day, like the complete legends that they are. And... Um, Rachel Barrett, <laughs> again, she's the greatest. And an extraordinary roller skater. Hmm. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got something out of today's show. I hope you share it with someone that you feel needs to listen to it. If you like the show, if it offers you value, please like, subscribe, rate, respond wherever you can. Best thing you can do for us is just share the show. Text it, message it, DM it, ping it, screenshot it, airdrop it, whatever, to someone that you feel could use it. It'd be really, really wonderful for us. That's the thing that spreads the show around more than anything else. If you haven't already... Your life's about to get so much better when you follow Nat's What I Reckon and Flex Mummy online. They are just the best, absolutely superb humans. Next week, we are chatting with one of the fathers of Aussie hip-hop, Howlet Kefu, truly a legend of the Australian music industry and one of the men 
who is behind the absolute howitzer of power that is Western Sydney drill rap gods 1-4. It is a great chat. I can't wait for you to hear it. We uncover a lot. And it's pretty freaking good. Have a fantastic couple of days. I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Until then, keep breathing. (laughs) I'll see you in a few days. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.